This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. On this Tuesday of Holy Week, we hear our Lord speaking to his disciples about the one who will betray him. One of his apostles, one who was closest to him and accompanied him, as he ministered to the people, healing them of their afflictions. Judas, an apostle, and one that Christ regarded a friend, had been plotting to betray him by handing him over to the chief priests and temple guards for his own monetary gain. Within the book of the prophet Sirach, we know that he speaks about the qualities and degrees of friendship, about the fact that one may have many acquaintances yet find very few true friends in whom they may confide. A true friend is a sturdy shelter. He who finds one finds a treasure. A faithful friend is beyond price. No sum can balance his worth. A faithful friend is a life-saving remedy, such as he who fears God finds. For he who fears God behaves accordingly, and his friend will be like himself. Thus, we should be especially mindful of discernment between the true friend and the wolf in sheep's clothing, the friend who makes the choice to become an enemy, a friend who becomes an enemy and tells of the quarrel to your shame. But what specifically moves Judas to hand Christ over to the chief priests and temple guards? Judas has become so attached to worldly things that he values material wealth more than he values his friendship with Christ. And this attachment has taken center place in his life. He has literally allowed it to eclipse all else from the core of his heart. Judas is so focused upon the 30 pieces of silver he is to receive for handing over Jesus that he is willing to forego his friendship with Christ, even that which he knows surpasses friendship the love Christ showed him as Master and Lord. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI speaks about Judas within a writing entitled Judas and Matthias. The betrayal itself happens in two moments, before all in the planning, when Judas agreed on 30 pieces of silver with the enemies of Christ, and then in its execution, with the kiss given to the Master at Gethsemane. In any case, the evangelists insist on the status Judas held as an apostle in all regards. He is repeatedly called one of the twelve, or of the number of the twelve. Moreover, on two occasions, Jesus addressing the apostles and speaking precisely of Judas indicates him as one of you. And Peter will say of Judas that he was numbered among us and allotted his share in this ministry. 
He is therefore a figure belonging to the group of those whom Jesus had chosen as strict companions and collaborators. This brings with it two questions in the attempt to provide an explanation for what happened. The first consists in asking, how is it that Jesus had chosen this man and trusted him? In fact, although Judas is the group's treasurer, in reality he is called the thief. The mystery of the choice remains all the more, since Jesus pronounces a very severe judgment upon him. Woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. What is more, it darkens the mystery around his eternal fate, knowing that Judas repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. A second question deals with the motive of Judas's behavior. Why does he betray Jesus? The question raises several theories. Some refer to the fact of his greed for money. Others hold to the explanation of a messianic order. Judas would have been disappointed at seeing Jesus, that Jesus did not fit into his program for the political, militaristic liberation of his own nation. But in fact, the gospel texts insist on another aspect. John expressly says that the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas to betray him. Similarly, St. Luke writes, then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who is one of the number of the twelve. In this way, one moves beyond historical motivations and explanations based upon the personal responsibility of Judas, who shamefully ceded to a temptation of the evil one. The betrayal of Judas remains a mystery. Jesus treated him as a friend. However, in his invitations to follow him along the way of the Beatitudes, Christ does not force his will or protect it from the temptations of Satan, respecting always human freedom. In effect, the possibilities to warp the human heart are many. The only way to prevent it consists in not cultivating an individualistic, autonomous vision of things, but on the contrary, by putting oneself always on the side of Jesus, assuming his point of view. Daily, we must seek to build full communion with him. Let us also reflect upon the fact that Peter wanted to oppose Christ and what awaited him at Jerusalem. But he received a very strong reproval. You are not on the side of God, but of men. And after his fall, Peter repented and found pardon and grace. Judas also repented, but his repentance degenerated into desperation and thus became self-destructive. This is an invitation to recall what St. Benedict states, never despair of God's mercy. In fact, God is greater than our hearts, as St. John says. Let us remember two things. The first, that Jesus respects our freedom. And the second, that Jesus awaits our openness to repentance and conversion. He is rich in mercy and forgiveness. Besides, when we think of the negative role Judas played, we must consider it according to the lofty ways in which God leads events. 
His betrayal led to the death of Jesus, who transformed this tremendous torment into a space of salvific love by consigning himself to the Father. Thus, does the fact that God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust suggest that he will treat both the same in terms of the final judgment? They who choose consistently and definitively to be just or unjust. No, we must realize this can never be so. He allows all of us the freedom and ability through his grace to choose the greatest good. We can cooperate with that grace and choose the greatest good, or we can reject the greatest good. This is the fundamental choice we are faced with, and it has consequences. Does that mean that if we make the wrong choice, we are doomed forever? No, if we repent and have true contrition for our sins, imploring the Lord for his forgiveness in the sacrament of reconciliation, then God, who is rich in mercy, will forgive us. Then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, Who are these wearing white robes, and where did they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they stand before God's throne and worship him day and night in his temple. The one who sits upon the throne will shelter them. In the case of Judas, that he chose to betray Christ must have been especially hurtful because all of the apostles witnessed the many healings he performed. They became his friends and had loyalty to him. For Judas to betray him meant that he regarded material possession and the superiority of his nation as an earthly power more than his relationship with Christ. And in placing these desires above the Son of God, Judas opens himself up to the possibility of evil. Jesus is aware of his fault. He even reaches out to Judas with a gesture of friendship by dipping a morsel of bread and then handing it to him giving Judas the opportunity to repent, to realize his fault and abandon his plan to betray Christ. Judas receives the morsel, but ultimately makes the choice to reject the mercy of God. It is at this moment that Satan enters Judas. Here we must understand, in order that we remain in right relationship with God and others, we need God's grace. Faith in God and friendship with God and others cannot be sustained without his help. It is only through love and the gift of fortitude that we are able to endure persecution and even death for the sake of our friends. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you.
and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.